Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster. And down through the years, one of my great delights is, if not presenting radio programmes about the music I love, then being asked to discuss it on someone else's radio show. What follows is one such clip of myself and Mike Murphy, Ireland's greatest art show presenter ever discussing something I wrote about during my 10-year tenure with the Irish Times. You see, during that decade, the 1990s, I also happened to be the popular music correspondent for the art show on RT Radio 1. And both that station and the Irish Times like to see themselves as the radio station and newspaper of record, respectively. These programme segments, and sometimes full shows, would usually occur after Mike read an article I wrote, and phone me to appear on the programme, or after I myself would recommend an item that might be of interest to our listeners, and even provide a script, around which Mike and I would happily improvise. By the way, if you want to read some of the articles I wrote about music, the arts and popular culture in general, plus politics, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. Okay, uh, I'm talking with Tony Bennett in a Dublin hotel. We just listened to the very thought of you. Could you talk some more about your original, uh, the, the blending of the bel canto bass as a singer and Miriam Spear telling you to go investigate the great jazz uh, musicians like Art Tatum and that, and how you shaped your style out of those, that blend? Well, I'm happy you asked that question because there's a lot of young people that would like to have the knowledge about that. I, I was blessed with very, very good teachers. I was in the Second World War in France and Germany and, and in the infantry. And when I came out, there was, there was one wonderful uh, situation, organization that helped the ex-soldiers that missed their schooling because they went to war. It was the GI Bill of Rights, that's what it was called. And we were allowed to go to any school that we wanted, choose a school that we wanted to go to. It was a wonderful opportunity for someone that didn't have that much money to go to uh, very fancy schools. And uh, lo and behold, the school was so wonderful that it became the actor's studio where you had Marlon Brando and uh -huh. Marilyn Monroe and all the famous Eli Wallach and all the famous Arthur Penn, the great director. Uh, but before that, uh, my, my acting teacher was the secretary for Stanislavski. You know, Zielinski, his name was Zielinski, right. and wonderful. He looked like uh, uh, Paul Lucas in the films, you know, and he was a Actually, to this day, I actually liked his lessons better than anything I ever saw on Broadway. Your acting teacher? Yeah, he was a wonderful, uh, and I studied all aspects of theater, you know, right. makeup, direction, right. Right. Uh, you know, all kinds of... But then they gave me two teachers when it came to music. One was Miriam Spear, who was right on 52nd Street. And uh, a, a wonderful, uh, eccentric, but wonderful lady, you know, very warm and, and right about her, her music, committed to popular music. And she told me not to imitate any of the singers. You could admire them, she said, but don't imitate because you'll just be one of the chorus if you imitate Dick Ames or Bob Ebley or Sinatra. Right. She said, what you should do is, and she pointed to the awnings because she lived in the Brownstone right across the street from 52nd Street, which was a magic street, a, a renaissance of a golden age of music. This was the late 40s to get it. Yes, it was the yeah. early 50s. Early 50s it, was the early, okay. it was the end of the, the great era right. of big bands, and it was starting to break down into groups. So you had George yeah. Shearing, you had Billy Holiday, Errol Garner, you know, Big Sig Catlett. 
all these great, great musicians. And did you meet them all at the time? Would you have I, been befriended I met them, by? Yes, I met them. And uh, and uh, but she said she pointed to the awnings downstairs. She said, "Find out what's uh, what musicians you like and imitate them." She said, and "Then you'll just become yourself, you know." But but imitate their phrasing. So I loved Art Tatum, who is a, a genius at the piano, because he made a production out of simple, popular songs. He, he would work a he take a simple song like "Don't Blame Me" right. and and make a magnificent uh, production out of the whole thing. Like an operatic, it's almost semi-operatic to a degree. It is it's actually, you know, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd start out with a bang of an introduction and then come into a simple, uh, you know, chorus and. Uh, and and then it would just be like a, an ocean ride. But isn't that how you came into the music business? If I think of Boulevard of Broken Dreams, like a bang and you're singing loud and it's a dramatic number. It's a powerfully dynamic number. Right. And you, 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 you changed your style but see, over the no, years. But see, Art Tatum was that way. Art right. Tatum, he would take without a song, you know, his piano would go, you know, it'd be very dramatic. But then he, then it would go into, you know, so, All right. yeah, so it would go yeah. up and down and right. it would be but unpredictable. That, it would be unpredictable. But then the sound I got was, the one I liked was Stan Getz. He had this okay. wonderful honey sound. His, it was very melodic and, and, and felt and soulful. And I said, that's, that's it. I said, so I got Tatum. And Stan gets and put them together, and it became Tony Bennett. And that's See? what we heard last night in the concert hall very well, much. Thank you. You yeah. know the, the blend of the lyricism of Getz and mm -hmm. the dynamic of Tatum. This is this is the thing. Now, when that first, when I first started doing that, I must tell you, the singers of the day had these long lines. Right. I had to sing very sweet and like Ray Noble's yeah. uh, singer, you yeah. know, a, a Boland. You know, they had very long, sweet lines. You know, like. Uh, Marie, the dawn is breaking. They had to sing like that straight okay. through the, yeah. so the people could dance to it. Well, when that, I started singing like that, the good musicians, they said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> they said, what are you changing? The thing, you know, it All was right. like, a, right. you know, it was, but this was so the, new, it just it Yeah, but that, this is what you described earlier as the bebop kind of deconstruction of pop songs. Right, right. You know, that's, that's what you were doing vocally, yeah. which I can see helping shape rock and roll, a beast that maybe you're not too happy you helped spawn. You know, Johnny Ray and oh, yourself yes. were doing things yeah. that then later was picked up by the Rhythm and Blues I or Big Joe Turner, you I know, agree. wasn't that? There's a lot of people, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned Johnny Ray because I think he had more to do with shocking Britain than any... Uh, performer, you know, they, I mean, no one had ever seen that, that there was, it's, it's, it's tragic and comical at the same time, because unfortunately, Johnny Ray was deaf. Right. He was a wonderful guy, but he was deaf. So his anxiety, when he'd hit the Palladium stage, he took over Al Martino's, Al Martino got ill or something, and they put in Johnny Ray just uh, as a replacement. But he'd get into such an anxiety attack that he would start pulling the curtains, you know, banging on the piano, jumping up and down. Well, no one had ever seen that. Right. Yet. Now right. we're used to that, you yeah. know. It sounds like you two as a roper or something. 
they're doing the same yeah, thing. Well, that's well, everyone. I mean, they're all, all right. doing that now. All they right. break, you know, instruments, and I mean, they, they, they you know, they went. But he also, he also, you've pointed out before, he brought black inflections as Louis did earlier and as Al Jolson did. So it's wrong to say that Presley was the first one to do that in '56 when Ray was doing it back in '51, '52. I, I happen to agree with you. It's just never registered. It was never registered. I thought he was a big influence with the whole change because it really broke everything into the audience into pandemonium. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And don't forget, if you want to read any of my articles, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com.